0: Welcome back in, Brady Farkas show here on this Friday, WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Red Sox baseball coming up tonight. Sox taking on the Royals. I declared the Red Sox dead yesterday, but there are still reasons to watch and listen. And joining us now about those reasons and many other things is our Red Sox insider over at Nest and Tom Karen TC, how are you
1: doing well, Brady? How you doing?
0: I'm doing well as well. Uh, let me before we get into the thick of things with the Red Sox. Let me start with this. I texted you that Wednesday we weren't talking because we had the Red Sox game, but I was also at the U.S. Open. Um, that was my first time at any tennis tournament, first time at a major. Certainly, it was awesome. What is left on Tom Karen's sports bucket list?
1: Ooh, um, well, I mean, there's there's, uh, there's a World Cup game. I've never seen a World Cup game. That would be number one, and I'll do that next time when they're in the U.S. in uh, 26 uh the the kentucky derby has always been on my list um but that just for the you know the pomp and circumstance of it not that i'm a huge horse racing guy but i I've always thought that'd be fun um not a ton else i i i never would have thought this but the last year or so i've gotten into f1 a little bit I'd, I'd love to see a real grand prix like a monaco grand prix like one of the yeah. ones you know over there uh there's a lot of i i mean i i got to see liverpool play a couple of years ago uh over there i'm a big soccer guy with you know so there's some of the classic places over there, but that you can go forever listing off the different places. But you know, I've I've been to the Super Bowl, I've been to the NBA uh, Finals, I've been to the Stanley Cup Finals, I've been to the World Series. Um, I've I've hit most of the things I hope to hit someday.
0: <laughs> well, certainly, uh, your your bucket list is more full than mine, and mine's pretty good, <laughs> but yours is more full than mine. I've
1: never been to the U.S. Open, and I, I like tennis, so that that I'm sure it was a blast. Um, I, you know, the Masters. I'd love to go to once, right? There's just some of those sort of specific events now, as opposed to leagues or championships. I, I you know, I'd love to hit. I'd love to hit Wimbledon. I think yeah. that would be a blast. Um, so yeah, some of those. That might be a retirement thing. Just, just spend a year hitting all the sports things I haven't hit.
0: The thing that was amazing about the U.S. Open, so we got the grounds pass, right? And the grounds pass led us into almost everything. The only thing we couldn't do was go into Arthur Ashe Stadium. That was the only thing. We couldn't do with it. We could go into Louis Armstrong Stadium, though, and we did. So, but just the the freedom of movement around the complex was very very cool to me. You did not have to sit and post up at one match for four hours. You could be very very transient in terms of walking around. So, I was watching doubles. Literally, like, could high five the players. We were on on the rail, first row. You were that close. To doubles. It was like spring training on the back complex. Uh, you know, in Fort Myers for you, but then we also sat in the upper deck at Igish Fiantic, the number one player in the world on the women's side in Louis Armstrong Stadium, so you, you were able to bounce back and forth between the two, which was very cool.
1: True story. There used to be uh, a, a big uh, tennis event in Vermont, right? It, it was called the Volvo uh, International Forever. It used to be at Stratton uh, Mountain, and they had a whole, you know, a legit, like, 5,000-seat stadium that they would assemble for, and it was a big event back in the uh, I would say late '80s, and and so I was either interning or had just started at uh, Channel Five uh, in in Plattsburgh, Burlington, and I went down to cover it. and And if you know anything about television, you know this this was back in the day where you had a big camera with a cable connecting it to this big tape deck mm-hmm. with three quarter inch tapes that were these massive, oversized tapes the size of a of a VCR player, you know, almost. And and you know to put in the tape, it like you have to eject it and go, ding, 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 and you pull it out. So I I somehow t- I'm shooting it. I'm I'm this intern. I'm shooting it for Channel Five, and somehow I just kept kind of blustering my way through checkpoints. Like I'm TV. I'm yeah, I'm shooting. I'm TV. I'm, check- and it was televised by ESPN. It was an ESPN event, and and somehow they put me on the court. Like I was in one of these photo booths on behind one of the end lines on the court. You know, like in front of the crowd. 20 feet from the players. And so the match, it was the championship, and it was John McEnroe against Yvonne Lundell. And it's this, you know, it's amazing. And this is when when tennis, you know, they were gods, right? They were, the the names were huge. And so I, in the middle of play, my tape ends, I lean over, I eject it. It's all this noise. I put the deck in, I slam it. I look up to shoot, and John McEnroe is leaning over me. He is now, you know, 18 inches from my face. And this is in the classic heyday of John McEnroe's, you know, explosions on the court. And the whole crowd is and, and you know, so everybody's looking at me and I'm ready for him to just lose it because clearly I was making too much noise. Right. And he just looks at me. and goes, are we done? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're done. He goes, can I help? <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, please walk away. Oh, and he didn't he walked away, he didn't lose it, but it was like, like that classic, you know, what I I yeah. And then at the end of that set, somebody came down, tapped me on the shoulder. Yeah, you're not supposed to be this close. You go up top and shoot up there. <laughs> All right, thanks.
0: <laughs> so. Tom Carron, Red Sox insider, and that's it. Only with TC can we get information like that because someone actually brought up the Volvo yesterday and was like, Didn't there used to be <laughs> didn't there used to be a tennis tournament in Vermont? I'm like, I have absolutely no idea. I have they absolutely did. no idea. It was uh,
1: when I covered it. It was at Stratton, and it used to be somewhere else. I think Stowe. That's what like, someone said. Stowe so, seventy
0: nine was they was uh, what they brought it up to me. So see,
1: ten years later, it had moved to Stratton down in Manchester, and then it uh, it went away. But we, I got to hang with uh, Lendl at the golf course. It was a huge deal, and they'd all roll in, and they loved it because it was probably in July. I'm guessing that that seems to be what's in my mind. Yeah, it was summer in Vermont. Yeah. It was just the. It was a big deal, but it was a little quieter, and they would just take over the town. They'd be in all the bars and restaurants and so It was a blast.
0: TC, let's move to the Red Sox here. Do we um, have
1: to? Th- I'd really rather talk about tennis and Yankees. Yeah.
0: Well, I need your answer to this question at least. We played this game yesterday. Describe the Red Sox season in one word. What word oh. would you choose?
1: Hmm. Um. Uh. The word I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, uh, uh,
0: I, for reference, it,
1: I, well, one, I need, I need a, cause it's a noun. So okay. the a conundrum,
0: because
1: okay. I just, I can't, I mean, at any given time, I, or, or bipolar, maybe that would be the other word I would mm-hmm. use. Um, I, I just, because I, the, the thing about it is day after day after day, you know, when you, when you are ready, you know, three weeks ago, when you were ready to pull the plug, they turn it around and put together a nine and four stretch and get back on the edge of it. Anytime, you know, coming home for that, that weekend series with Toronto, and, and they'd closed it to two and a half, and you're like, this is when they make the move. You know, they they put together one of their worst weekends uh, of the season. Uh, this past series with Houston was was just was awful, right? It was when you needed to show a little bit of a fight to save your season, they couldn't. Uh, just, yeah, head scratching, if that's one word. It just all of it, you know, the ups and downs. I, I still think at the end of the day, we're, I'm going to look back on this season and, and think they kind of overachieved compared to what people expected. Uh, I said the other day, I didn't say it on air we were going to, but we didn't have time. <clears throat> I almost feel like you can divide baseball into thirds right now. There's the upper class, the middle class, and the lower class. The upper class, the heavy hitters who are going to the playoffs. I feel like the Red Sox have gotten themselves to the point where they are probably the best team of the middle class, Mm. right? But when you saw them try to punch above their weight with the Astros and Dodgers, you just got a reminder. That's what the upper class looks like right now. And the Red Sox need to get themselves back there.
0: We had Buster on yesterday. He shows maddening as his word. I chose frustrating and frustrating for all the reasons you just said. And also just, I go back TC to roster construction. Because and I think both things can be true. High and Bloom's going to get a lot of blame for how this team was built. I believe that High and Bloom built a team that was capable of winning. There were good players here that were capable of winning. The frustration for me lies in the fact that you were forced to rely on a bunch of guys you probably shouldn't be relying on. Adam Duvall to stay healthy, which he hasn't done. Chris Sale to stay healthy, which he hasn't done. James Paxton, a 23-year-old. Brian Bayo. There were just a lot of reliance on guys that I couldn't necessarily count on. And I needed more sure things. The back of the baseball card collection for these Red Sox, I think is pretty good, but the the, the roster construction always felt like it was on a house of cards. And eventually it toppled one too many times.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, even if you go back to mid season, if you go back to the trade deadline, right. When, when you start talking about, well, they've got Chris sale and Tanner Houck and Garrett Whitlock coming back. And, and, and there's truth to that, right. And, And Adam Duvall coming back. Like these were, These were impact guys who come back. The problem on the pitching side, when you have that many pitchers coming back from injury, you've got that many pitchers on on strict pitch counts, right, on very short leashes. And I don't think what I anticipated and I should have, and I'll I'll file this away for future reference in in other seasons, is is that when you're leaning on that many guys who have to be brought along slowly, you are going to completely blow out your bullpen. And, and you know, we had the graphic, I think it's a 12-game stretch now, where the starters have averaged fewer than five innings a start. Fewer than five. And this is mostly now with a five-man rotation, right? This isn't earlier when you had 40% of the games were being opened rather than started, right? It, this is when when you got everybody back, you're getting five innings a night plus out of your bullpen. And it's not sustainable. Right. And that's what we saw. There were there were some games. You know, the Friday night game a week ago against the Dodgers, you had that lead in the sixth inning. You know, you, you brought Cutter Crawford out for the third time through Mookie Betts, at top of the order, just because you're trying to buy a little rest for the bullpen. That backfires. Pavetta, who's probably overworked at that point, third appearance in a week uh he can't protect it even though he's been really good all year you know there's just been moments like that where Whitlock coughs it up where where you know and and and, you know so I think that's more than anything you lean too much on guys who weren't going to be able to carry the workload the other part of it is the defense Right. I mean, that's it. if you're talking about maddening or frustrating, the number one uh, item on that list for me is the defense. I mean, you just we had the list of, you know, they, they've got 92 errors. I think the most in Major League Baseball, we showed that list and it was the top seven error committing teams in baseball. And not one of them is in the playoffs right now. And, and it's as simple as that. If you can't catch and throw the ball, you're not going to you're not going to go anywhere. And this team has had real trouble catching and throwing the ball. It's been a step back for Rafi Devers defensively. It really has. We've seen some of the young guys come up and not be that good defensively. Duval is not a center fielder. He's a corner outfielder. Uh, all that stuff uh, starts to add up and gets really frustrating. Trevor Story's been been great coming back, and I look forward to a full year of him uh, manning that position. That'll help. Uh, but, man, they got to clean it up.
0: TC, I – I don't know that I agree with this. And I don't even know that this is exactly what he was saying, but the fact that Buster was even wondering this yesterday was a problem. He wonders if Red Sox ownership looks at the season at the end of the year and goes, yeah, we didn't win, but we ran a better business model. And are they happy with that? Like if the books are good, are they happy? And I don't know that that's true, but the fact he's even asking that seems to be a problem.
1: Yeah. And, and I don't, Think it's true? Uh, you know, I I I to Tom Warner from time to time, and and you know they they still everything they you know whether it's and again they've built a massive sports conglomerate, right? But when you talk to them about the Red Sox or Liverpool or Pittsburgh, all this, they really start with with trying to win. You know, the exhilaration of winning. Winning's good for business. Winning sells tickets next year. Uh, that all matters. Uh, but but it's a big business now with with a lot of uh, involvement from a lot of different people and. And a lot of outside stuff right real estate development and, and a partnership with live nation on the mgm music hall just a lot of stuff uh, that's that's kind of built but when you talk to them they were talking about the, the red sox are the foundation of it all um well th- if this has been a three-year rebuild that it, it better be done right i mean you better get out of it for next year uh i you know there's got to be a reckoning here in the first week of October as far as where they are and where they're going. Because I, I think he's done – Haim's done a really good job, obviously, building up that farm system. But there's still not a lot of pitching coming in the pipeline anytime soon. Uh, and and make the argument, and, and Bloom has told me this, that you know the good thing about going into this offseason is it's no longer an and a, a, a buy a shopping list of seven or eight things they need. It's now going to be two or three, right, a couple of pitchers and a right-handed bat. Uh, so that makes life a lot easier because now maybe you can overspend on those items and rather than getting seven budget players right or 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 you know five out of the seven now you can probably go into the elite end yamamoto the pitcher who's going to pose from japan uh guys like that that you're going to spend money on i you know two pitchers could really make this team interesting coming into next year and make you feel like they're ready to contend but but this year you know, I think you're right. I think they just built it all up on the hope that injured guys would be able to to stay healthy, and that guys who are coming off good years would be able to step up now and have career years. A few have, a lot haven't.
0: More shoddy roster construction. Red Sox or Patriots? Go. Oof. <laughs> uh,
1: I go. I man, I gotta go Patriots right now, just because <laughs> at, at least you know. At least the Red Sox sort of flirted with it most of the year. I'm worried about this Patriot team coming into the year. But man, that's, uh, that's, let's, I mean, yeah, both, both, all of the above. C, all of the above.
0: 11 offensive linemen, one quarterback on the initial
1: 53. Tom Brady's still out there. Let's go grab him. (laughs) Uh, You know, the interesting thing to me is we had dinner. I'm in Kansas City with the team and, 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 you know, the Nesson people had dinner last night. We were just talking about what you said, what, there's games to play and, and there's, games to watch. You do wonder like what this month means to the decisions they make in the offseason as far as management, right? I mean, does 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 catching Toronto mean something, right? I mean, in the eyes of ownership, like finishing third with 84 wins, is that, I mean, that's a big step from last year, right? When you were last place and, and well under 500. Um, is that enough to feel that this year was a little better? Right? And I'm not convinced, you know, Texas is the only team to sort of watch now. You got a three-game series with Texas coming up. They got to play Houston coming up. So, what if you swept Kansas City and Texas lost two out of three from Minnesota this week, and now you're back to four and a half? And you got, you know, that my the way this team has has played this year, my guess is there's one more little flirt with three or four games out before it's all said and done. I, I don't think it'll be enough to get them there, but it wouldn't shock me for them to raise our expectations one more time only to then, you know, get swept by Toronto or, or something and, and fall on, on their face again. So it's, yeah, that's the maddening, frustrating, bipolar. Those are all good words.
0: Catch whoever you want. Just don't catch the Mariners. Tom Caron, Red Sox insider. I don't think you have to worry about that. Red Side, I'm a Mariners fan. I worry about everything, TC. So, TC, enjoy Kansas City. Hopefully no weirdo home runs and uh, foul balls like last year (laughs) uh, that you have to explain down there on the left field wall, and uh, we'll look forward to watching tonight.
1: Good stuff. Thanks, Brady. Appreciate it.